0: We are, of course, uh, focusing on gratitude and and thankfulness and generosity this month as we approach the the Thanksgiving holiday and then, of course, on to Christmas. We're we're trying to gear ourselves to be thankful. Now, out of any uh, year of the week, this is the week that we can be thankful, right? I mean, who can't be uh, grateful or thankful the week of the holiday that is literally called giving thanks? But, uh, what I found in my life is that I go into the Thanksgiving holiday ready to be grateful, ready to not complain, and then once Thanksgiving is over, uh, that kind of goes out the window. As the stress of Christmas approaches, as, as you, you, you're, you know, you're, you're busy at work and you're stressed out with that, or maybe you're stressed financially as you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay for all these Christmas gifts, that thankfulness goes out the window and it's replaced with complaining. Well, in this sermon series that we're in, we're talking about how to be thankful all year long. We're calling this series, Thanks and Giving, how gratitude and generosity can change your life. Because gratitude and generosity really are two sides of the same coin. Um, I bet you don't know someone who's super generous in their life, who isn't also very grateful in their their life. Those two things go hand in hand. And so we're pressing into that subject for three weeks this month. Uh, Last week, Matt kicked off this series by talking about how Jesus' forgiveness should be the thing that we are most grateful and thankful for. Every other good thing in your life flows out of the gratitude that you should have over God's grace displayed to you through Jesus. Well, we're going to get a little bit more specific this morning as we as we talk about gratitude. We're going to look at one verse today from Psalm 107. If you have a copy of God's word, why don't you make your way there, Psalm 107. When we talk about gratitude, here's specifically what we're talking about. Here's a definition of gratitude. Gratitude is to show that a kindness received is truly valued. Gratitude is when you do something kind for me and I show you by my words or by my actions that I really value and appreciate that kindness. And gratitude is just a healthy way to live your life. I mean, forget about all the the spiritual benefits and the spiritual ramifications of being a thankful person. Being grateful is just good for you physically and, and mentally. As a matter of fact, there was a study done back in 2012 that concluded that grateful people experience fewer aches and pains in their body than ungrateful people. Uh, In that same study, they concluded that grateful people sleep better than ungrateful people. They also figured out that gratitude has uh, psychological benefits. It reduces emotions like envy and resentment and regret and aggression. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Don't you just enjoy being around a grateful person? But on the other end of that spectrum, it's not enjoyable at all to be around an ungrateful person, somebody who's always complaining. You know, there are very few things that sting more than ingratitude. When you've done a, a kindness for somebody and that person hasn't let you know that that kindness was appreciated, that's a bad feeling. You know, feeling unappreciated is the opposite of what we feel we deserve when we've done something for another person. When we help another person or we're kind to somebody or we invest in somebody, and we expect that person to be grateful. And when they aren't grateful, it hurts us. It stings. Gratitude can happen by the words that are said or by the words that aren't said. Uh, It can be a person's behavior. Any way you slice it, it stings. Now, if you're a Christian here this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, all of this should should not come as a surprise to you, because the Bible talks a ton about the godliness of gratitude and the ungodliness of ingratitude. So we're going to look this morning at Psalm 107, verse 8, and we're going to talk about the importance of gratitude. And I want to tell you this morning, uh, this verse that we're going to look at, it, it is not uh, like God's version of of a mom who, when her little kid receives a little piece of candy or a little toy or something, has to remind her kid, say, thank you. Okay, This is not a, a hallmark, uh, a cheesy greeting card thankfulness. This is, this is God speaking to us through a biblical writer about serious, serious gratitude. And of course, the recipient of our most intense devoted gratitude should always be God. Next Thursday, we're going to sit around tables, and we're going to feast. I want to tell you this morning, we're going to feast on this verse this morning. Um, it's short, but there's a ton of meat on it, and we're going to dig in. So, I'd like for us to actually read this verse together in unison this morning. You don't need to stand up, but we'll put it up here on, uh, on the screen. Let's read this together as a church, okay? Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. And his wonderful deeds for mankind. That's it. All right. There's three truths that I see in this verse about gratitude. So here's the first thing that we need to understand. Gratitude is a personal decision. It's a personal decision that you make. Notice how the psalmist starts off here. He says, let them give thanks. In another translation of the Bible, it says, oh, that mankind would give thanks. In other words, it's a personal decision that you make. I will give thanks to God. Now, don't you wish the verse said could? Right? Like, oh, that that people could give thanks to God. Like, I wish I could, but God, you haven't created me to be able to express gratitude. I'd like to, but I can't. I'd like to be able to fly. I'd like to be able to have superhuman strength. I'd like to be able to shoot webs out of my wrist, but I I can't do that. I'm not designed that way. That's, That's beyond my ability. That's not the way it is with gratitude. People that don't give thanks and aren't grateful don't do it because they can't do it. They don't do it because they won't do it. You are able to be a grateful person. It's a personal decision that each and every one of us makes. How many of you ever battle yourself in terms of your attitude? I have a bad attitude a lot of times. You know what an attitude is? An attitude is a pattern of thinking formed over a long period of time. If you are an ungrateful person, that's something that you learned. That was a skill that you had to develop. Well, guess what? You can unlearn it. You can learn something else. You can choose to be thankful. See, here's the thing. Gratitude felt but not expressed, it misses the mark. You know, There are times where someone does something kind for you, and maybe it's God, maybe it's another person in your life, and you feel grateful, you feel thankful, but you don't express your gratitude. Unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. What it communicates is, hey, I deserve that. See, it's not enough to feel it or think about it. You have to express it. We call it what? a debt of gratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is like a debt that is yet to be paid. So here's the question. Do you regularly, daily express gratitude to the one who makes every good thing in your life possible? It's a decision that you have to make. And then here's the thing. It's a decision based in reality. What does the verse say? It says, let them give thanks for his wonderful deeds for mankind. You don't have to try really hard to conjure up reasons to be thankful to God. Have you ever uh, had to try really hard to say something nice about somebody? You know, like maybe uh, maybe a friend of yours goes and they get their hair done and it's, it's just really kind of out there and crazy and it doesn't look very good and you know, you don't want to tell them that, right? But they come, they say, hey, what do you think about, what do you think about my hair? And, and so you say something like, wow, it really, really expresses your personality, right? You're making up something nice to say. Or, uh, or parents, remember when your kids were little toddlers and they'd be eating food and the food was all nasty and soggy because they drooled all over it and it was in their gross little hands, and they, they kind of toddle over to you and they put that disgusting, soggy Cheerio up to your mouth. And the last thing you want to do is eat that Cheerio. But you take one for the team and you eat it. And what do you say? You say, mmm, yummy. Thank you. You're making up something nice to say. We don't have to do that with God. Right? Our gratitude toward God is based in reality. What has God done for you? What has he done for me? Wonderful deeds, the passage says. See, here's the thing. There are plenty of things in life to complain about. Um, You get a flat tire. That that happens, right? Um, You miss a flight, and that totally messes up your, your work week or your vacation. That happens. Somebody gets sick. You have a financial emergency that leaves you broke. That's a reality. You're not imagining those things. Those things are a reality. But you know what else is a reality in your life? Wonderful deeds from God. Just off the top of my head this past week, I I brainstormed and I wrote down just several of those wonderful deeds from God that are a reality in your life if you are a Christian. How about this? If you're a Christian today, you have security. If you're saved, if you know Jesus as your Savior, man, God has got you in his hand and nothing, nothing can take you out of that. You are secure. How about this? You're, You're given authority as a child of God. You're given authority as, as, as a child of the king. How about this? Intimacy. You're able to have a relationship with God. You don't just have to approach God as, as a servant would approach a master. No, you are a child of, of God. God loves you. God welcomes you into this relationship with him. You're given an inheritance. Think about what you have, all of the spiritual riches and blessings that have been given to Jesus, have also been given to you. On top of that, what do we have? We have a spiritual family. I don't have to walk through this life alone. You don't have to walk through your journey alone. God has given us a a spiritual family to live life together with. On top of that, God has given us his word. We can know what God requires of us. We can be guided and comforted by God himself through his word. When you go through difficult times, God gives you a supernatural peace. The world doesn't get that. The world can't have that. And then, on top of all of that, God invites you on mission with him. God says, listen, as flawed as you are, as sinful as you are, as unfaithful as you are, I want you to be a part of my mission of seeking and saving lost people in this world. God has done wonderful deeds for us. And so the question is, what are you going to focus on in your life? Everything that's wrong? or everything that by God's grace is right. Back in 1790, the author Daniel Defoe wrote a, a classic novel that I bet many here this morning have read, Robinson Crusoe. Remember that story? It's about a man that was lost at sea and then shipwrecked and then lived on an island, a desert island, for 27 years. And there's a part in that story where Robinson Crusoe is just, he's just depressed at where he's at in life. And so he takes out his journal and he begins to write down what he calls good against the evil. In other words, he makes two lists and he writes a list of things that he could complain about and then he counters that with all of the things that he can be thankful for. Here's what he said. Here's here's one complaint. He said, I am singled out and separate from all the world to be miserable. But then here's the thanks. But I am singled out too from all of the ship's crew to be spared from death. God who miraculously saved me from death can save me from this condition also. Here's another complaint that he wrote down. I have no clothes to cover me, but then the the gratefulness, but I am in a hot climate where if I had clothes, I could not wear them. Win-win, right? He goes on to say, I am without any defense or means to resist any violence from man or beast, but I am cast on an island where I see no wild beast to hurt me. I have no soul to speak to or relieve me. But God wonderfully sent the ship close enough to shore that I've gotten out so many necessary things so as to supply my wants and even enable me to supply myself as long as I live. Harmony, your gratitude toward God is a personal decision that you have to make. What are you focusing on right now in your life? Do you see Do you understand, do you recognize the wonderful deeds that God has done and continues to do for you? Here's the second truth that we see about gratitude. It's not only a personal decision, it's a life-changing decision. Gratitude is a life-changing decision. I, I like how the King James Version of the Bible translates this verse. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, he says. There's there's emotion to it. It's like the, the author of the Psalms has seen and tasted what living a life of gratitude does for a person. It's apparently changed his life and he wants us to experience that as well. Oh, that people would praise God. He's saying, man, I wish you guys could see and experience what rejecting, complaining, and embracing thankfulness will do for you. Are you familiar with the, with the phrase, first world problem? Uh, they're, they're problems that we experience from living in a very wealthy, industrialized nation that people from a, a third world country would probably not understand, or if they did understand it, they would roll their eyes at it. I came across a, a pretty insightful and sobering video this past week, and what it is, it's a bunch of tweets that people tweeted out complaining about these first world problems in their life. But, well, you'll see. Uh, take a look at this video. I hate when my phone charger won't reach my bed. I hate when my little seats aren't heated. When I go to the bathroom and I forget my phone. I hate it when my house is so big, I need two wireless watchers. When my megan makes my hot water taste too cold. When I have to write my maid a check, but I forget her last name. I don't know mm. if I can get a message, but I forget her last name. I don't know if I can get a I hate it when I tell them no pickles, and they still give me pickles. Ouch. <clears throat> Now, we can can kind of chuckle at that, but man, I've been that person. I've been that petty. I've been that thankless. I've been that complainer. Nothing will sober you more than to see what other people around this world don't have that we take for granted every day. We are given the chance to have our lives changed by being grateful to the one who has provided it all. So, let me ask you are are you arrested right now by god 's goodness to you, even in your circumstances that might not be that good? Has what God has done for you through jesus has that has that changed you does it does it move you when you think about Jesus and what he 's done? do you like the psalmist say you say, "Oh God, wow, God, thank you for for that God, you have done wonderful deeds for me. Maybe some of you right now are thinking. I want to be grateful like that. I want to be more thankful, but I'm having a hard time doing it. I seem to only be able to focus on what's wrong in my life and on what isn't happening in my life that I wish were happening. Well, That's where the third truth about gratitude comes in. Gratitude grows when I recognize God's unfailing love despite my ingratitude. Did you notice what the psalmist says again here? He says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. The first thing in your life that you should be thankful for is that God continues to love you even when you don't express thanks to him for what he's done for you. God's love in the midst of our ingratitude is what? It's unfailing. How how incredible is that? See, that's not how it works on a human level. From a human level, gratitude and ingratitude is relationally determinative. How grateful you are to me when I show you a kindness determines how kind and generous I'll be to you in the future. You know, if if Stephanie and I, if we uh, put some real thought into our boys' birthdays, like try, try to make it a really special day for them, and we spend money on gifts that that they know or we know that they'd like, we just try to make them have a great day, and yet yet there's nothing more than like a little head nod of recognition from them. Well, well, next year we might not be as motivated to put that kind of generous thought and effort into their birthdays. Why? Because ingratitude motivates people to not be generous and kind with their resources. Now, by the way, that is purely hypothetical. I'm just using that as an illustration. Our boys are grateful. They appreciate us. But listen, how incredible is it that God does not operate like we operate. How awesome is it that even in the midst of our ingratitude and thanklessness, God has not withheld his love. He he continues to just pour it out on us. It's unfailing. As a matter of fact here, who is it that the psalmist encourages us to give thanks to? The Lord, right? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Whenever you see that in the Bible, whenever you see Lord in all capitals, That is the covenant name of God that he revealed to his people of Israel. The Hebrew word is the word Yahweh. It's God's personal name. God told the people of Israel this name after he brought them out of slavery and and bondage in Egypt. It's when he entered into this relationship with them and covenant with them. And what he was saying by entering into that covenant was this. Even when you are unfaithful to me, I'm going to be faithful to you. Even when you don't stick by me, I'm going to stick by you. My love for you is unfailing. Now, friends, God went one step further with us. He proved to us that his love was unfailing by sending his own son to pay for the sin of our ingratitude. And this is the way that you learn to be grateful in your life, by recognizing God's unfailing love in the midst of your sin. That never once in your life has God thrown up his arms and said, forget it, I'm done with these thankless people. All they do is complain. No, God has never done that. Through Jesus, he has shown us that his love for us is unfailing. If I could sum up this sermon into one idea, this is what it would be. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. I heard a pastor say that a couple years ago, and it stuck with me. I did not make that up. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. How are you living your life right now? Are you just kind of constantly dragging yourself through the mud? You know how to change that? You know how to rise above that? Gratitude, being thankful. It's the attitude that sets the altitude for how you live your life. And so I think we come to an end of a passage like this, and and the, the logical application question is this. What kind of a thankful person am I? I think this verse is uh, prompts us to do a little self-reflection in our lives. What kind of a thankful person am I? If my friends and my co-workers and my family had to describe my gratitude, what would they say? I've outlined it here into three different levels. The first is what we'll call Bronze-level thankfulness. And and this type of thankfulness, it says this, I'm grateful when I remember to be. I'm grateful, I'm thankful when I remember to be. When I think about it, I give thanks to God. When I'm reminded to, I give thanks to God. This is elementary school thankfulness. This is a good place to start, but we're meant to grow deeper in our gratitude. Silver-level thankfulness says this, I try to find something to be thankful for. I might not be thankful for my job, but I'm thankful for my health. I might not be thankful for my health, but I'm thankful for my spouse. I might not be thankful for my spouse, but I'm thankful for my pastor. I don't know. Whatever. You just think of something. This is better than bronze level, but you you don't want to know what the goal is here. Of course, the goal is gold level thankfulness. And this is giving thanks in all times for all things. I don't necessarily give thanks uh, for all things, but I give thanks in all things, no matter how dark the situation is. What kind of a thankful person am I? What kind of a thankful person are you this morning? So with that said, here's a pledge That I would like every one of us to commit to being able, through the the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit, to be able to make this week. This week, when tempted to complain, I'll give thanks instead. This week, when I'm tempted to complain, when I'm tempted to think of all of, of, of what's going wrong in my life, I'm going to reject that. And I'm going to give thanks instead. When I'm standing in that line at Walmart and it's 30 minutes long because everybody else is shopping for their Thanksgiving meal, when I want to complain, I'm going to give thanks instead. When I'm stuck in traffic tomorrow morning, when this doesn't go right, when that doesn't go right, I'm going to instead meditate on all of those wonderful deeds from God and I'm going to give thanks instead. See, this is true Christianity. That is a true expression of, of your Christian faith. A couple weeks ago I, I, uh, I was on Twitter and I came across this tweet by Pastor John Piper. If you don't know who he is, he's a, a famous evangelical pastor and I, I love this tweet. He said, Reasons not to complain after five hours sitting in a Delta airplane on the runway in Atlanta, totally comfortable AC, restrooms that work, drinking water, endless video options including NFL, Good lighting to read good books. Uncomplaining passengers. Invincible Romans 8.28. That is true Christianity expressed. I wonder who the pilot for that plane was. I wonder if that was Dan Hancock. This week, when I am tempted to complain, I'm going to give thanks instead. Father, you are so good to us and God, we have been at times so so ungrateful. We have been thankless. We have not given you the praise and the honor and the glory that you deserve. God, we admit that we have focused on everything but the wonderful deeds that you have given us. And God, we ask you to forgive us of that. God, we understand that gratitude and generosity is what you've called us to. And so God, this week, out of any week, would you help us to be mindful of that? Father, would you help us to take this serious? Would you help us to be, to be focusing on that this week? Father, Thursday, of course, is the day where we really focus on that, but we want to be, be people of, of gratitude and thankfulness every day of the week all year long. God, if we stayed here for the next thousand years, we would never exhaust reasons to be grateful and thankful to you. So, Father, this week help us. We need your help. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to help us to be grateful and thankful. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.